When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And if you're watching us on YouTube, and you should be, we are joined in studio by brand new Chicago Wolves head coach, Brock Sheehan. Brock, thanks for being here again. Last time we saw you, you were the coach of the Steel. Next time we see you, you'll be the coach of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So uh, congratulations <laughs> and uh, welcome back. It's good to have you. No, thanks. Thanks for having me again. I, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Very excited to be a part of uh, the Wolves and uh, the Hurricanes organizations. We'll let you get settled into the Wolves job first before we look uh, look at any 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 further ahead there. But um, yeah, I guess jumping right into it, what has this uh, transition kind of been like for you going from the, the Steel to the Wolves? especially at a, a time in, in the off season where you don't really get like a, a long runway to go to before the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. The timing uh, to quote uh, the steel owner, Larry Robbins is not ideal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I had brought it up to him, uh, you know, and, and, and it actually was part of the decision-making process for my wife and I, you know, we, we've had a great experience with our family with the, with the steel for the last four years and the relationships that we have there, I think will be everlasting and it, and it was it was really hard to make that decision um you know that being said the steel have a great team for next season they have a great staff um they're going to be just fine and it was an opportunity uh for for my career for my family with not having to move um and being a part of two great organizations in carolina and the, and the chicago wolves that we just felt like we could not pass up what was that talk like with the players when you let them know you were going well, it, it was really tough. We, we, we did a great job as a staff and the Wolves and, and Carolina keeping it quiet. There was actually a tweet two minutes before our Zoom call. Um, I got uh, one of my former pl- players that had moved on and texted uh, the old text group, but that came through right as uh, Larry and myself were, t- were telling the players. It, it, definitely emotional, um, but honestly, uh, I think it shows uh, the relationships that we've had with our players there vast majority of guys I'd say everybody reached out um, but very supportive a lot of positivity from the group so that was really nice uh, for, for me uh, especially with just the emotions of leaving a place that you love obviously the goal at any level is to win but you're going from the steel who were the class of the USH, USHL they wanted to win a, you know Clark Cup every season you go to the Wolves who have a long history they are the reigning Calder Cup champions that's always their main goal along with the development. So how, you know, how is that kind of like a transition knowing that like, hey, the goal here is, yes, developing for the Hurricanes, but ultimately we want to repeat as Calder Cup champs. Yeah, I think that, you know, expectations for, for the Wolves and the organization and everybody involved is, is to win, right? Um, which is what we have done in Chicago the last, or with the Steel the last uh, four years. I think the reason we run, won with the Steel was because of how we developed our players. 
So I feel like both can be done. And I feel, I feel like winning is a byproduct of developing players the right way. Um, and that's the plan that I have with, with the staff that we have with the Wolves to continue to do, do the things we've done in Chicago th- uh, or with the steel. I keep saying Chicago, it's confusing. <laughs> um, and, but also I think things that they've done with the Wolves. Um, and, and, and then, and then add, add, uh, add to what they've done from a development model, to be quite honest, you know, push the envelope in, in, in how their pros- Carolina's prospects are developing with the Wolves. Going into this now new coaching position, from, a, from that perspective, behind the bench, what kind of goes into your mindset changing from you know, being, being a coach and being a voice in a locker room full of teenagers yeah. to guys that are you know, older, played in the professional ranks, uh, some for sometimes over a decade played that long, how, how do you change that as a, as a coach to kind of adapt to this, the new environment you're going into? Yeah, yeah. I think in the interview process, I talked about this a lot. And then talking to guys that I know have made this transition, uh, actually a couple of coaches that I know that have made the transition from the USHL with the, the national team and Seth Appert and, uh, to Rochester and Greg Moore with, with the Chicago Steel to the Marlies. Um, you know, my, my plan isn't to change who I am. I, I feel like no matter how old a player is, they want to get better. And, and if you can explain why you're doing something, you're going to get those guys on your side and build those relationships immediately. Once September 12th, I'm in rookie camp in Carolina and then through the NHL camp into our camp with the Wolves, it starts October 3rd. That, that's my plan with adjustments here and there, understanding that for some of these guys, I will be talking to adults that have played 10 years, 12 years of uh, pro hockey. On the other hand, a vast majority of the roster, especially this Chicago Wolves roster, it's going to be ages that I've coached the last five years, or even if you look into college, the guys that are 96s, 97s that I coached previously mm-hmm. that have grown up in an environment where in the summer they're getting a ton of individual attention, they're doing individual video, where they, they want that information. You know, that's what today's player wants. And I, um, the program I've been a part of the last four years, I think we've provided that at a high level. And I think there's a lot of transferables at, the, at this level, especially. Has anything since your transition from the USHL to the AHL surprised you? Any sort of challenges that maybe you weren't expecting? It's just the challenge for me right now is I expected to be coaching practice tomorrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, now it's just getting, uh, building relationships with the, with the new staff and then uh, getting ready to go to camp in Carolina on September 12th. Um, yeah, so they're really, I haven't got into the day-to-day, right? Um, I've been talking about what our schedule is going to look like. Um, really don't have I have an idea what our roster is going to look like but not not in depth and starting I haven't even started to dig into the the players yet which I will this week watching video but not, nothing yet has surprised me um, I did I played pro hockey for six years I understand it's a business at the end of the day all these guys want to get better they want to get to the next level and it's going to be my job to make sure that, that we're doing that to the highest level but it's going to be an interesting change you know and I'm sure you'll have a probably better answer for this as the season goes on. But uh, with the steel, you're not really answering to a higher program. Now you're sort of beholden to what the hurricanes want to do. How much have they been in your ear so far about even from not, you know, running a practice to systems you're going to deploy, you know, is it, do they allow you to kind of do your own thing with the wolves or do they want to have some sort of control on, you know, the systems that are played, where guys play, how often guys play, yeah. 
How has that come about? Yeah, I think so far? this is something what we've talked a lot about through the interview process. And if I was running an NHL program, I would not want there to be a certain amount of connection between the American League team right. and the NHL program. So that when guys get called up, there's a cohesiveness in how they play. They're connected to the style of play. Um, and, and in talking to Rod, uh, Brenda Moore, and talking to, to Don Waddell and, and Darren York, like there's expectations that there's certain things in our game that will be similar. The good thing is in watching the video, there's a lot of similarities between how Carolina plays and what we did with the steel. It's not exactly the same. There's, there's different variances in you know, ozone or but as far as the identity of the Carolina Hurricanes, which is playing fast, aggressive on the forecheck, the way they reload, there's a lot of things. I was watching video with the, the Wolves staff on Monday, Monday morning. I was like, man, that looks exactly like what we would do in the neutral zone. Or, um, so there's a lot of connection there. And then for me as a coach, I, I find that as a good challenge to, to, to broaden my knowledge and uh, learn different ways to play the game. There's not one way to do it. The way that they've done it in Carolina the last four years, three or four years, has been very effective. You look at the way the Wolves played last year um, with Ryan Rosowski as the head coach, um, connected to how Carolina played. There's a lot of fun watching the video I've watched so far. So there's definitely communication at all times, but I think it's, it's our goal to make sure those players are ready. When, they, when they're needed to play up there, they're, they're, not, they're, they're plugged right in, and they're connected immediately. It's interesting how the steel – the Wolves and the Hurricanes, all successful teams, have played similar styles. It's interesting how that works out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that in today's game, you know, there's the, the, the skill and speed and talent of today's player, it's, it's amazing to watch, you know. And, and that's the st- – like, from a style of play, the, the pace of game, the way uh, – how fast, how hard players work off the puck, whether it's to get pucks back or support their teammates, there's a lot of similarities there. When you look at, you know, your experience playing professionally, um, how much do you pull from that now going to going into this role? Yeah, I, I, I obviously I didn't play a ton at the American League. I spent time there. Um, but I know I know at times talking to other pros as well, they, they feel like they, they didn't get better in their career. There's no reason that shouldn't happen. It's not just through playing games like there's enough time. Um, in the schedule, the, the day-to-day schedule, it's a long season, but I, to get better. And that's something um, that I feel like whether the, we have a 30-year-old veteran to try to extend his career or we have a 20-year-old high-end draft pick, um, that's, that's what they want. And that's what I wish I had in my career, to be quite honest. You mentioned uh, briefly Rob Brendamore, who's quickly become one of the most respected yeah. NHL coaches uh, you know, on a personal level, how how is that now knowing that you have him to work with and kind of sponge off of as you progress in your coaching career? It's extremely exciting. It was uh, during the interview process, I think Rod and I talked like 30, 35 minutes, I can't remember, maybe 40 minutes um, on the phone and just being able to go to camp September 12th, I'll be there a couple days early, sit down with the Carolina staff, go through the, the details, the habits they're looking for, how they want to play, um, how they go about implementing these, these things, seeing them interact with their players at that level. Like, it's, it's, an, it's an invaluable experience, I think. Um, like, th- that, that alone made me almost, like, jump out of my chair when I, we were going through the, the interviewing process. I just uh, – and any person that I've talked to uh, about, about Rod has just had nothing but good things to say, and you see how his players play for him. Um, to see it firsthand, I think, is very – very exciting. So a lot of coaches have um, their own little methods of motivation 
or methods of team bonding. Like we see the Bears' uh, new coach has the hits principle, which teaches his players like how to hustle and finish yeah. every play. And Joe Madden, when he was managing the Cubs, would have a petting zoo and all these sort of like bonding activities. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the things you do as a coach for your teams to start the season to get guys connected, feeling part of the team? Yeah, honestly, we, I've never had uh, anything like that. It's more been just the day-to-day interaction. Um, when it's the right opportunity, doing something as a team, um, making sure I communicate with our players as much as possible. Like that. I, I just think they just seeing me as a normal person and that I genuinely care and there's nothing there's nothing behind it basically i want the player to get better i think they feel it and that's my honest honestly that's my plan um just be who i am uh our door will always be open i'll I'll be in the weight room with the guys uh i'll stay on the ice at late you know whatever they want to watch video wise i'll watch with them um and just get to know that we're all in this together that was something i think we did an amazing job of at the steel um and at the pro level i know it can be different but i don't i don't plan on changing that i think players can see through that stuff a little yeah. bit you know some of the bears players have been asked about it and they're oh yeah you know they roll their eyes about the whole thing yeah. and they get the whole idea of it but i think you know i was reading um some stories about you before uh, the interview began and the thing that comes up in every story is communication yeah. and how the, the hurricanes organization wanted someone who was going to communicate clearly with the players and we had that, what we thought, with the Blackhawks, with Jeremy Colleton, but it turned out it was actually the opposite. And what players, I think anybody that works in any business, yeah. from the leadership, they just want honesty and clarity and let, you know, know where you stand. And, and that seems to be a big part of the reason why the Hurricanes trusted you. You and can do you. something with, you might not like the information. Right. You might love the information I give it. Like it but you can do something with it. And then I, I think one thing, if you ask any of the players that have played played for me the last four years um they, they generally feel like they're getting better because of that investment and then and then it, it, it kind of just feeds off of off of it right like they and and they feel like you they, they can feel that genuine care not that not that you're going over the top it's basically just saying just being there when they need you and then making sure that you're pushing them to get better and every player is different and the only way that yeah. you can find that out is by actually talking to them, you know what I mean? And learn, oh man, that does not work for this guy at all. Um, or this guy needs a little bit different approach. I can, I can get on this person a little bit more because that works for him. But you don't find that out if you don't ask the right questions and if you're not, like I, I, I try to in one form or another throughout the week, have some type of individual conversation. With a hockey team, it's very possible. Football team, yeah, not so much, it's yeah. a huge <laughs> roster. But with a, with a hockey team full of, at our level, we had, last year, we carried like 28. That's a lot of guys. You know, we'll have less with the Wolves. Um, I think it's more than doable with how, how much you're at the rink. And it just it makes a big difference in getting them to invest in what you're asking them to do. Well, we've got a lot of Blackhawks fans watching, so I'm going to get to the elephant in the room here. Uh, <laughs> Hawks are definitely trying to get one of those top picks in next year's draft, whether they get to that point or not. But yeah. they're, they're making it – they're paving the way to get one of those top three picks. They're doing their best. They are <laughs> – or is it their worst? I don't know what it, how you determine it. But it's both. <laughs> there's some excitement as far as where the Hawks are going to pick next year. Obviously, Connor Bedard yeah. is the consensus number yeah. one. That's the proverbial pot of gold at the end of the losing yeah. rainbow this season. But if they don't get number one, they get number two or three. Yeah. There's Adam Fentelli sitting yeah. there. 
nobody knows him better than yeah. you right here. You've, he, yeah. You coached him the last two seasons. <coughs> if the Hawks were to draft him next year, how excited should Hawks fans be? What kind of player yeah. is he? Man, they should be ecstatic. Um, <laughs> you know, we had Owen Power with the steal. Obviously an elite player. You look at what he's already done with the Sabres. Um, you know, Brendan Brisson, who's going to play for Vegas. Uh, first round draft pick, Matt Coronado, who will eventually, if you watched him, you know, uh, at the World Juniors, him and Mackie Samuskevich, two first round picks. Um, Matt with the Flames, Mackie with, uh, with, with Florida. You know, Adam, Adam's talent level is ridiculous. I don't know if we've had a player with the pure physical talent that Adam Fantilli has, the way he skates, how explosive he is, the way he shoots a puck. Uh, like how the power forward, the new age power forward that he actually is, like how physical he plays the game of hockey compared to most players nowadays. Like just the way he's, how strong he is on a puck, finishes a check. Um, and then the improvements he made from, from like a hockey sense, cognitive standpoint, the way he's seen the game at a much higher rate than he did when we first got him instead of being a one-on-one player. I think his game is so translatable to the NHL. Um, it's going to be exciting to see what he does playing hard hockey next year too he's playing college hockey he's not playing another year junior <coughs> you know what i mean um which i think is gonna he's playing against men it's gonna it's gonna, gonna, gonna whether he plays one or two years it's gonna prepare him to come and be able to play at owen power kale mccarr like you see these guys that have done that route or similar route um yeah i would be jumping out of my seat if i'm a if i'm a hawks fan and you get them you mentioned he's, sounds great. he's going to University of Michigan. There's kind of a discussion you have a lot with prospects that maybe it's better to go to college because you actually have more time to work on developing yeah. fewer games, so more practice time, more yeah. weight room time, stuff like that. Do you think for a guy like Adam going to a top college program is maybe a better option long-term than playing juniors? I think long-term, it's, it's a, it was a great decision by him and his family um, and the people that are around him advising him. He's a late birthday. If he played major junior, he, this would be in his third year of junior hockey. It would be ridiculous. Like, he would destroy whatever league he's playing. If he played in the USHL, if he played in the OHL, like, it would have been comical, you know. Um, for him to play two years of junior hockey, play, you know, 62 games in a season, um, still have a, a mix of the development piece because, you know, we're playing just during the week. And then, and then instead of playing junior for a third year, go to college where he's going to grow up off the ice even more than he ever has, having to go to school, just the social aspect of things, which prepares him for life as a real human being besides a hockey player. <laughs> and then playing against men um, in, yeah, there's less games, but every game matters more in college. So it's a different experience than what pro will be, but he's had that pro-esque schedule, right, at junior. I think it's a great route, a great route that – you look more and more guys are doing you could look at the steel right now the 206s they tendered um like those are guys that are first first overall picks in the western league and you know michael haig was ninth overall in the ohl he would have gone top five uh, well we both know he should have gone to notre dame but whatever <laughs> that's fine uh we were talking to drew Comesso at blackhawks development camp yep. and he was talking about making that jump to college and how uh, you were talking about the off-the-ice development as a man, but, like, even yeah. physically, the facilities they have oh, at these giant colleges yeah. are nothing compared, you know, compared to what 
the junior teams have, it's it's night and day. Yeah. So the physical growth he'll be able to he'll yeah, undergo as they, well. And they're when, able to be there in the stays. summer, right? Yeah. Like they train in the summer, they take summer classes. Um, and that's the thing, like Adam is physically gifted and everyone says he is, like if you look at him, you would think he's physically tapped out. But from the stuff that we saw in Chicago and from some of the testing, like he's not there yet. He's not a man. He's still going to get faster. He's still going to get more explosive, which is absolutely scary. We got a question in our chat here uh, asking about uh, Adam Fantilli being able to be a legitimate center at the NHL level. You, you, yeah, he's you a natural, natural center. Like he's, I, I just look at his off-the-puck play, how smart he was for us, um, with the way we played our D zone where it's not center low. Um, it's first forward back. He's able to play all three positions. Um, he's great on face-offs, and you want that guy with the puck in the middle. And then defensively, he is really good. Off. Strong, young, great at faceoff center sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think that sounds like I'll a player that I drives a lot guys. of offense. So you look at you, yeah. the U18 Canada team. Bedard was on it. I think Bedard scored seven goals. I think Adam had led the team in points in the tournament. Um, and he only scored one goal, but he drives the play. Like he he drives the play. But kind of quickly circle back back to you know the AHL and the Wolves. You know you mentioned earlier Greg Moore. He was yeah. the coach of the Steel before you. He took the got the same promotion as you yeah. did to the and then Ryan Hardy as well. Yeah, both going with Toronto in the AHL. Have you have you talked to them at all since yeah. then to kind of get a little hey what what's the deal here? Yeah yeah for sure. I, Ryan is a great mentor. You know great friend. Same with Greg. Uh, just kind of. Picking, picking their brain about the transition, what's different. Um, what, like for Greg, we've talked a lot. We still have a lot of conversations about what, from a practice standpoint, he changed. We haven't really got into that. But um, I was more leaning on him about the opportunity, or both of them. And they were, they were such great uh, people to lean on about what's the right next step and are these things in place. Like they were so supportive in the decision. Um, and yeah, I just think it, there's there's definitely going to be different challenges. The good thing about working for the Chicago Steel is it's not like a normal junior program. You were ran at a very high level. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of parts to juggle. And from talking to Greg, it prepared him for. And he works, you know, with the for, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, where they have the most resources. They have a, he has a lot of parts to pieces to manage more than I'll have. So um, it was a good good preparation. Definitely working for the Steel. I haven't de- dove into the schedule that much. Do you guys have Toronto on the schedule? We do not this year. Oh, no, no, that was we the need, first thing I looked at. We need to do. Yeah, we need yeah. to call. Last we need to call Springfield and say, "Hey, I think <laughs> I think the Ice Hogs are playing Toronto. Maybe we need to yeah. switch that around a little bit. We need a, <laughs> a we need a Greg Moore versus Brock yeah, Sheehan. I think the way it's fun. set up, playoff wise, is po- obviously possible. So we'll see. So we talked a little bit about um, you know a player that you used to coach at the Steel. When you look at the Wolves roster um, as it's constructed right now. I know you haven't really had a, a yeah. ton of time to work with the guys, but is there, is, is there a player that you're, like, really chomping at the bit to be able to, you know, help the, help them in, yeah. in their development? I haven't dug into it, honestly, yet. Um, the first thing that comes to mind it would be Sealy, who played for Canada in the World Juniors, just excited to have a player of that caliber in his first year. Um, and just that would be the first one that comes to mind. I thought he did great for Canada in, uh, in the World Juniors, the, in the summer version of, the, World, yeah, Junior, yeah. of, of World Juniors. So. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really got too deep into it. I've seen like the possible roster, and yesterday I just got hooked up with all like the video software, so we haven't got that far yet where I dove into each player. Um, so once I once I get into that, I'll have a better idea. 
what's the difference in that sort of stuff? Like, you, you know, the access to video yeah. and like that. It's, there's know. definitely different. You know, <laughs> we, we've had access with the Chicago Steel, the Sport Logic, and, and whatnot. But, you know, Carolina has their own analytics software that they've developed. It's, it was really cool to go through everything that they're looking for, how they're, you know, developing their expected goal model as opposed to, you know, what, what I've seen or what we did in Chicago. Um, and just the amount of information that you can pull up on each player. Um, I think analytics is a big piece of, of the game right now. I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. I think it's hockey is, also has an art to it, so you have to be able to, to, to blend both. But to be dismissive of the analytics side, I think, is also a mistake. So, like, like be specific, right? So let's say, you know, it's on your phone, on your laptop. Yeah. Okay, so you can open up your phone. You got everyone in a hurricane system on your phone, yeah, right? Yeah, every single And you punch in Tevo Teravainen. <laughs> and is it like... You know, here's his stats and here's his video. Is it like yeah, it a every, bunch of video? Here's all his zone entries for the year. Here's every. <laughs> That's so cool. Crazy. Yeah, so it's really wow. cool, you know. Or like how often does this player carry the puck into the zone and then what happens from there? Like, you know, so I was looking. For, I got lost in it a little bit yesterday. So I was, <laughs> It's an easy rabbit hole to fall yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I know what I'm looking for for certain positions, certain players. Um, I actually looked up Sean Farrell's season with us two years ago where he let, we were looking at his zone entries and it was amazing to see the balance, like something we talk about. I was like, oh, I'd be interested to see with Sean, like, like how many cut-ups did he have, you know, how many times did he gain depth below the top of the circles and like the balance of his entries was amazing. It was pretty cool to see. So how do you balance all that information and also like what you're observing from the bench and what you're observing at, like, yeah. can it be, I'd imagine it can be almost overwhelming with yeah, how much it, you have. I think, well, like, that's what a learning process for me, but we had, stu- we, we did things, we had sport logic in, in with the steel, which does, you know, the same type of stuff. Um, I would just know what I, you get used to what I, there's certain metrics that, that I think are indicative of how we're playing. And there's times where the emotion of the game can get in the way of what actually happened in the game, positively or negatively. Yeah. So it allows you to, to step back and look at it and be like, Man, I thought we played really well. White, actually, we did not play that well in that game. You know, we, we won the game, but really, like we gave up way. Our expected goals was way too high, especially off the rush. Um, why was that? It, it, it leads to questions, and then it helps me for, for me build practice and, and, and what we need to look at. So, know? as a coach. What is, when you imagine, like, what the fans have access to? You just mentioned exe- expected goals. Yeah. Roy's looking at Corsi and Fenwick and yeah. uh, zone starts. To you, if, the, if there's one that really tells the story, yeah. which stat would that be? For me, expected goals, it's scoring chances, however you, however you do that. Yeah. Not like, to, for me, that is. Like, it, not for everybody. But I would, the Chicago Steel, we got outshot all the time. I could care less if we had 40 shots. What's the quality are we recovering those pucks? Are we now generating another high-quality chance from that? Or are we taking wasteful shots that are just turning into exits for the opponent um, or loss of possession for us? That, that's just a simple – I'm just going to stop right there. I, it's I, funny because so. I, I always thought I was, a, I was a big believer in that, and I thought back to the uh, Hawks series against the Coyotes where Hosa got hit by Torres, that, that whole series where the Hawks had, like, all the – like, tons of shots on goal, but yeah. none of them were difficult. Yeah. And that sort of took my brain and said, well, stop focusing on the generation numbers yeah. and, and the quality of chances. Yeah, what, where are those shots coming from? Yeah. They, and they, you can take a shot from a bad spot on the ice that might lead to sure. a high-quality chance. But if there's no one around the net or 
you know, there are one and done opportunities. It's useless, right? So at times with the steel, we probably actually went too far to a, like we were a very possession style team compared to say most NHL teams that are, will resort to a lot of volume. Um, But it was also the level and it, it was helping facilitate our players being able to make plays at a high level and read the game. So that, that's something that I will have to adjust to a certain degree, but I still truly believe that it's better to generate more high-quality chances than to just have a lot of shots. You do both. Well, yeah, both would be great. <laughs> that's ideal. <laughs> All right, we got uh, one more question for you. I know we talked about Fantilli a little bit, but my mind's been uh, thinking about him a lot because I'm on board. I think the Hawks are not going to be the worst team in the league, which gives me fear that they will not get the first overall pick. So I've been thinking about Fantilli a lot. If there's an NHL player now that you could say is a pretty solid comp to him, what would it be? Well, or who would it be? It, it depends, right? Like, it, if he hits, I think he has some McKinnon in him. I really believe that. I, I, I really do believe that. If you watch, like, the pace that he plays with, the physicality that he has, like, is he there yet? No, but he could be. What's his floor? <laughs> well, that's – and I think that's a great question. You know, that, I got to ask that question a lot about prospects. Like, look at any NHL team. How many first-rounders are on the fourth line? Or that's a good point. No, yeah, that's true. Line? Like, there's teams that are built with first-round draft picks. It's – he plays for you. You know what I mean? Like, he's in your top nine no matter what. No matter what. I'll take it. I'll take a Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, that's he just I mean. he, His, his, <laughs> his motor good. is just too high. Yes, yeah. natural skill set is too high from like a for him to not play. If if that there's makes one, any sense, if there's one thing he needs to maybe improve at, what would it be? Yeah, I think that it's something that that he's gotten better at. That would be just his ability to use his. Sometimes he goes two one on one. You know what I mean? Because he has those physical tools, and will that translate? Um, what I've seen in with the steel is he's been able to make plays and use his teammates and 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 um, expanded his hockey sense in, in I think that that's it's interesting you say that because we saw another number three overall pick Kirby Doc sort of had trouble with that you can't win the one-on-ones in the NHL yeah now and again you know you'll be able to win a one-on-one but he kind of depended on that too much and I think that hockey sense was kind of the last thing to come about for him so it's interesting you say that and I think when we talked last time you talk about you know guys working their way up USHL players have been the best player on their team their whole life. Then they make it to the USHL, and then those guys get weeded out. Then they go up, and they get weeded out. It's learning to adjust to those higher levels, and it sounds like Fantilli's on his way to figuring that out. Yeah, we forced him to. Yeah. And he – the best part about Adam is he recognized it, and he's not – he's not a stubborn – like, he wasn't a stubborn player. Like, you give him something to work on, he'll try to add it to his game. You know, he couldn't kill penalties for us as a first-year player. <clears throat> he might have been our best penalty killer as a second-year player for us. There's guys that I've had that are high draft picks that we could not kill. You know, like we tried and worked with them, and, but if they don't want to do it, if they don't have the ability to add those layers, they won't do it, you know. He, he did it, wanted it, went after it. Like it wants to be a complete player. And he, is he done yet? None of these guys are done. Right. And the best thing about a guy like him is, like, he will – you have to kick him off the ice. He's going he's gonna to work at it. All right, Lawrence, we got to save this audio uh, for next spring in case it happens. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Brock Sheehan, thanks for being our guest. We got the Wolves promotional schedule here. Uh, Came out today. Sunday, March 18th, bobblehead giveaway. It doesn't say who. 
Have you been a bobblehead before? And if no, not, are you looking forward to it? I, I, I would say it's not me. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a lot of Wolves legendary players. I'm, I'm sure it's one of them. Oh, we got to make it happen. Chris Cook is here. He brought uh, Brock in. Uh, you remember Chris from the Blackhawks beat for years. You got to make a, a, a Brock Sheehan bobblehead happen. Um, of me? You're going to need a bigger head. <laughs> I don't think there's enough clay in the world for a bobblehead for me, but uh, that would be a lot of fun. a bobblehead there. <laughs> It'll be just a head, just yeah. a box with a head in it, which is what everybody wants. Brock, thanks for being here, man. We thanks appreciate it. You guys. It's you. always great seeing you. Good luck with the season. I'm sure we'll see you around Rosemont and elsewhere. Yeah. Go get them, man. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Brock. Want to remind everybody, as always, we're brought to you by PointsBet Sportsbook, and they are counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. So from now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour unlocks a new daily offer from noon to 12 p.m. Central. That's every day from now until September 8th. So what do you need to do? Very simple. Download that PointsBet app. When you do, sign up with the code CHGO. When you do that, you're also going to get risk-free bets up to two grand. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not all. Make a $51 or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That gets you all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you missed it yesterday, the brand-new QB1 design is out. Go to chgolocker.com to check that one out. It looks awesome. Download the PointsBet app today. Use the code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Woo. That was fun. Good stuff. Yeah, I, like, I just like talking hockey with hockey people. Yeah. You know? I, I, am, I, I do like that you said... Uh, you followed up on the like, be specific. Yeah, like I, wanted, what, I, what I was hoping he be... would take his phone out and show us, but that might be <laughs> yeah, asking too much. Yeah. But uh, be it, selling the secrets, just but, yeah. the amount of data, and especially since you know NHL players have been started wearing like the trackers on yeah. the back of their jerseys. How that started up? Every yeah. shift and every stride is measured. It's got to be, for like as a coach, it's got to be overwhelming to have mm-hmm. this much data at your hands. And, and like Brock said, you're watching a game, you think you play pretty well, and you open up the app and you're like, whoa, oh, <laughs> that yeah. was hot garbage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we really did not play that well and don't deserve that win. But I think also like with that knowledge comes the, but I should trust my eyes a little bit. Yep. Right? Like maybe the zone entries weren't great because he was going in against Victor Hedman and not mm-hmm. random Riley Stillman, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. like there's there's factors that make a difference. So I I just think that's really interesting and in how, especially hockey in such a short time has made such a big jump analytically. They've been really behind. They still are behind the other sports, and that's why sure. Jeff Greenberg yeah. was brought into the to the Blackhawks to kind of catch the Hawks up in that analytic department. But uh, it's interesting to see how big of a jump has been made in such a short time. Well, and you think about just how much is available to the general public. Um, as far as that information and, and, and where, you know, the, um, I hate to use the term analytics community because it's, it's all intertwined now, right. but how analytics have, how it's been used in hockey and, and especially how it's kind of educated to a certain degree, the, the, the fan base 
uh, g- generally of, of hockey and, and how it's made people watch the game differently. Um, it's it, it's crazy how that how that has changed over the years. And I, I too, have, am of the sense that, like, analytics and how they break down the game are very important to an extent. If you, if you only look at numbers and, uh, you, know, you know, you're not really taking into, like Brock said, taking into consideration the, game, the flow of a game, the emotion of a game, and, mm-hmm. and how things, and how things um, unfold in the moment, it's, you, only get a, 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 you only get a certain degree of the story that, that those numbers are telling. So I think that there's, there is a lot to it. It's brought a lot of value, but I think if you only look at charts, graphs, numbers, whatever, and you and you base and, and I, I was re-listening to our episode Monday from Monday where we were asked about Seth Jones being a top twenty uh, NHL defenseman, and I feel like coming into last season, I think a lot of the narrative around a player like Seth Jones got muddied up because yep. not necess- he didn't have the most beautiful charts and graphs and therefore oh a chunk of the hockey uh world was just like look at these numbers he's no good he's not worth his contract extension that's when you have to kind of take into to consideration game flow what's he do what's he do that doesn't show up uh and 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 in certain situations so i think there's yeah i I, i'm i'm glad that jay you kind of had brock uh talk a little bit more about that and how much it goes into you know breaking down a player and, and teaching them how to how to develop what to work on and everything like that yeah it, that's that's the trick these days and not just hockey but all sports is finding that fine line of the eye test and the analytics you need right. both like numbers are numbers but you got to have context for those numbers right. like you can just look at a guy's stats you've never watched play and be like you could base your opinion on if he's good or not by those numbers right. but those numbers have a context to them. Like as, as Brock kind of alluded to, like a shot on goal is not just a shot on goal. Is it a good shot? Is it, is it a, does it have a shot, a chance to go in? You know, if you, if you see a stat and you say, Hey, the Blackhawks were outshot 41 to 10, they probably lost that game five to nothing. Then you go, Oh wait, they won two to one. Well, yeah. Cause maybe they had four danger scoring chances and they cash in on two of them where right. the opponent had 41 shots, but only one of them was a high, like, mm-hmm. so there's, that's where the analytics come in. I think some people get turned off cause it's like, Oh, you're just a, a nerd with his graphs and charts and you just want to look at numbers. No analytics is more of it's right there in the word. It's analyzing the numbers and putting them into the proper context yep. saying it. Yeah. To the naked, to just the naked eye looking at these numbers, it doesn't look good, but because we are able to break it down, it's not as bad as it looks or maybe it's worse. Than it looks yeah, sure. like there's, there's every shift is different. Every shot is different. Every block is different. Like how you got to put it all in the context. And that's where the analytics comes in is putting a player's performance in the proper context. So you can kind of say, how does he perform against other top line players versus how does he perform when he's out there against the fourth line? You would hope those numbers would be a little bit different. I think one of the Uh, best, sorry, go ahead. Um, I think one of the best examples of, um, Analyt, uh, how analytics only go a certain go only go uh, a certain distance in telling the story is um, most hockey analytic models 
do not value Patrick Kane because he has no value defensively. Right. And so when you look at like like a, a player's you know expected WAR or whatever in in, in hockey, Patrick Kane is like at, in the in the bottom ten percentile. Well, yeah. You don't pay Patrick Kane $10.5 million to play defense. You pay him that much to go score 20, 30, 40 goals and 100 points. Like, that's what his value is. So you're not going to say, oh, he's one of the bottom 10% of the league value-wise. No. He's a top 15, top 20 player in the entire league. He's there to win heart trophies, not Selkie trophies. Exactly. So it's 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 interesting. I always love when people put up, like, on, on Twitter, like, Patrick Kane's, like, graphs and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He's he's trash defensively, but he's one of the well, best offensive yeah, players. Pure offensive like, players in the league. Thirty-two NHL GMs will take him on yeah, his team in a exactly. Yeah. And even for him offensively, you know, I've talked to players in the past who have said it, it can be difficult playing with Kane because he's so good and so like you don't think a pass is going to be on your stick and you look down and the puck's going past you, you're like shit. He's not looking <laughs> at you, and then half second later you yeah. have the puck. Yeah, but he, but Kane's <laughs> offense is also predicated on him having the puck and generating one or two excellent scoring chances, he's not just going to pepper the net with shots. Right. He's going to weave his way through, stick handle through, either pass or shoot once he's created a one-and-done opportunity, but a really good one-and-done mm-hmm. opportunity. And that's the context that Greg's talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Patrick Kane's not looking to crash the net and generate a bunch of shots on goal that are just going to you know, get absorbed by the goalie. He's looking for that one perfect look either from himself or from the person he's passing to. Look at Dabrinkit. Look at Panarin. Mm-hmm. Look at the goals those guys scored from Patrick Kane putting the perfect pass in the perfect place at the perfect time. Yeah. It's a one and done, and that's not going to show up in the possession numbers. It's going to show up where it matters on that giant jumbotron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, 12 minutes ago, now 14 minutes ago, uh, TSN Hockey on Twitter published a story about Adam Fantilli. He talked ah. to Mark Masters. Adam Fantilli, a top prospect in the 2023 NHL draft, models his game after Nathan McKinnon ah. with a blend of Patrice Bergeron. I mean, hey, if you want to meld together two uh, players and uh, be effective at both ends of the ice, Nathan McKinnon and Patrice Bergeron, it's, you uh, if, if can't it, think of two two better ones to put I together. Mean, if he hits that, that's that's a Hall of Famer. If I he mean. hits one of those <laughs> yeah. two, exactly. right? Like, he's yeah. a he's Man, a perennial All Star. All I gotta say is we are just driving the content around the hockey world these days, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, you know, we it's, get, like, it's just we funny how this weird. all seems to like. Eminent from this studio. <laughs> Mark Masters must have been watching us and said, ah, it's a good idea. Here's a story. Yep. That's exactly how it happened. But check that out. I'm going to watch it when I get home. He's not alone in that category. I wonder if these are, I'll bet these are region locked. No, the articles are usually. Are they videos? It's the videos. These are video. These are video. The videos are usually content. Yeah, which is so silly. Geo locked. Suck at Canada. Yeah. I know you hate American <laughs> hockey teams, but there are fans down here that want to get your content too. Uh, Oddly well, enough, the ads are not region locked. No, oh, of course funny not. Oh, works. that's the worst. Yeah, you, you got to watch a thirty-second ad to then be told you can't watch the video. Yeah, I'm trying to watch. Right, I hit play, so I'll, I'll let you guys know in sixteen seconds if you'll uh, be able yes. to watch it or well, not. Sixteen seconds, those, almost like, enough time uh, to score two goals. What are those? What's the? It's not ISP or VPN. What? VPN. Yeah. That's yeah. you got to figure that. Oh, I've got those. Yeah, those are very easy to get. Yeah, so you can watch. Illegally watch other hockey games. You could sneak around the, the geo block. Oh, it's working. Yeah. Oh, look oh, at that. It is right. working. There All right. You go. Well, before Canada 
takes it down, go watch that on uh, after this show, of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll be- I retweeted it from my personal account. I will tweet the story as well oh. from the CHGO Blackhawks Twitter account. And if you're not following it, now is the time. Do it. At CHGO underscore Blackhawks. And did you get over 5,000 yesterday? Yes, we're at 5,002. Nice. Nice. It was a little... There you go. Crossed the threshold nice. yesterday. There you go. Very yeah, good. I, I, you know, I, I think we, we pay so much attention or have so far this offseason to Connor Bedard and the goal of, of getting the best odds at the first overall pick and hopefully landing the first overall pick for the Blackhawks that we sometimes forget. We say, like, oh, yeah, or they might get Matvey Michkov or Adam Fantilli. We sort of forget that those two players – are in any other draft class the number They're one the prospect exactly so yeah. so hearing you know hearing a guy like like uh, Brock Sheehan who's coached Adam Fantilli two seasons uh, already as he has made a name for himself in the 2023 draft class um, speak about you know his work ethic his his uh, his his mind his physicality just the the complete player that he is and say like. At worst, he's in your top nine. I mean, that, that there's not many players that you can say uh, can are like that. And so, you know, if the term consolation prize, I think we've we've mentioned a few times before, it's almost <laughs> disrespectful to a right. player like Fantilli, who it's one hell of a consolation. Who prize. is like, yeah, I mean, and who knows as this as this year goes on, as we saw with Shane Wright. Sometimes the consensus number one drops a little bit, and you already get the, the gap between Bedard and Mitchkov and Fantilli could could shrink a little well, bit. You're already hearing some of that from not pundits, former Twitter, former former NHL yeah, scouts, or, or just fans that be like, "Whoa, well, Connor Bedard didn't have a point in the gold medal game. I don't think he's that good." Like sure. you're going to hear that a lot. Like if, if Connor Bedard doesn't score 300 points this season. People are going to be like, so he might, <laughs> he might, but let yeah, let, uh, let him slip. You know the uh, the old the unofficial CHGO, uh, currently unofficial, maybe official, but the currently unofficial CHGO road trip to South Bend in November to watch uh, Slaggart, Rolston, and Nazar. We'll also get to see Fantilli. Yep. So that'll yeah. be uh, that'll, that'll be that'll be a good game to go and see. If you are enjoying our prospect discussion here, then tomorrow's show is going to be all for you guys because uh, yeah, Corey Pronman of the Athletic will yep. be joining us on our Thursday show. We'll definitely we'll talk about the current state of the Blackhawks prospects uh, pool right now, but I'm sure we can get into. We'll some. dive into. We can ask him what who uh, if he believes that Adam Fantilli will be the next Nathan McKinnon. Uh, and and talk about the Bedard and all that fun stuff. I, I I love the prospect stuff, especially for where the Hawks are right now. Just a quick question in the our, our guy Michael asked that he's going to go to Rockford for a few games this year. Nice. Uh, asking for hotels. I've never stayed in a hotel in Rockford. I've always come right back. But I do know there is a fairly new within the last couple of years Embassy Suites about 500 feet from the front gate of. The BMO Harris Center doesn't get any more convenient. Like you literally roll out of your room into your seats. So check that out if you're going to head out there. And no roids just rage says, "Hey guys, I should just try or should I try and get a Bedard signature on my Hawks hat? I got my tickets for the season. Yes, go yeah, go for it. I mean, even if he's not a Hawk, it's still a valuable signature. 
Yeah. That's for damn sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Because yes. if or, you don't get it and then the Hawks don't get him, it will be your fault. Yep, we will blame you Yes, 100%. Or just, you know, bring just a blank puck just in your back pocket just in case. Yeah, you know, get, there you go. Get the, get the Hawks hat signed, and then here, can you also get this puck for me just in case you don't land in Chicago? By the way, uh, Noel Roy just reminds me, we have had uh, such incredible feedback over the last, like, week. From people on Twitter oh, yeah. and on, I yeah. mean, really, thank you all for the kind words. Like, appreciate it. Um, this off season has not been as challenging content wise as we had maybe feared it would be. Um, <laughs> but still, hearing that from you on August thirty first, uh, that means a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like we we had very little hockey season left when the show got off the ground. And, uh, and we very, really kind of built things during the off season. Very little fun things to talk about. Yeah, too, exactly. So. So thanks for all the kind words, all the kind comments. No Roy's just rage uh, was one of the people doing it, uh, and I saw the other was uh, Frank Nazar for Calder twenty twenty four is the yeah. Twitter name. The, yeah, the no o- pressure. The official uh, Calder <laughs> campaign for Frank Nazar is a, is a fan it's of the show. So we we appreciate that. It's a good time to remind you though, if you are really enjoying what we're doing, uh, a great thing to do is to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts because a four star review is basically a zero star review. Um, so five stars, please. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Make sure you're subscribed. Turn on those notifications. And uh, make Subs- sure if you're on YouTube, yep. where a lot of you are right now, smash that like button. Smash we would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, of course, subscribe to our YouTube page also. And uh, we got on the screen here the new Justin Fields uh, can I say his name when discussing the shirt? <laughs> I think I think that's hey, allowed. He's, you know, he's in our ad reads that are going to be. You're yeah, going to hear true. about Justin Fields in a second here. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. So <laughs> grab segue. that shirt, chgolocker.com, or of course, if you join PointsBet, make that fifty-one dollar or more first time deposit with the code chgo. You will get a free chgo membership, and you could pick the shirt of your choice. We recommend the Blackhawks one, of course, but yeah. if you want to get uh, one of the Bears ones in time for the season. Any of them. Go for them. They're all great. They're all wonderful. I have, I think, six CHGO shirts now. Nice. So I just got one the other day when we had our summer Colle- sale. So jump on that. is expanding. Work uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Tax write-off. There you go. <laughs> there you Just go. write it off. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Justin Fields and, and the good things he does, as Lawrence there is showing you the Chicago Sky uh, shirt is, is for is our tonight, Sky is podcast. Game yeah. two, big yeah. game. Game two. Best big of game two. Series, yeah. right? Yeah. Big game two Big for the. Do you call this guy. game pivotal? I think it's pivotal. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it seems if you're down so 0-2 two in a best of five. You're not, not in a good, good spot. So. Not ideal, but uh, the the sky proved in the first round. I know it's a step up in class a little bit, but they yeah. proved that like, hey, let's not sweat that first game so much. So we'll yeah. see what kind of response. I mean, the yeah. last time I lost the game one, they made history the next game. So not predicting that. But I think we're getting a big bounce back from our from our sky. I'm gu- guaranteeing a sky victory tonight. There it sky is. and there four, baby. Headlines. Four. He says with the uh, recrowned Sky Town towel over yep. his uh, over his shoulder. I, for there. a second there, I thought I was sitting next to Mark Messier. That's that's how <laughs> that's how that. I'm all. shaving my beard, not my head. <laughs> ah, there you go. I might not come back. All right, tell us about Justin Fields. All right, Justin Fields. Well, it's not necessarily just about Justin Fields. But it is about what fuels Justin Fields, and that is Owen, spelled O-W-Y-N. It stands for only what you need. 
It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy and are thus easily digestible. Again, Justin Fields is a purveyor of the Owen products. It has helped him become QB1 here in Chicago, the inspiration for the newest CHGO uh, Bears shirt. So if it's good enough for Justin Fields, it should be good enough for you. And to make it easy to get your hands on some Owen, uh, CHGO and Owen are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off at liveowen.com with CHGO20 as the promo code for your first purchase. So be like Justin Fields. Get yourself some Owen. Again, that's O-W-Y-N, only what you need. I try not to get, like, fall for it every year with my Bears optimism. Bears. But, uh, you know, seeing what Justin Fields was able to do in the preseason, it's hard not to at least be excited for him. Oh, yeah. uh, I was list, got here early enough to catch the second half of our Bears show with Adam and Kevin, and they were just saying, hey, Adam was saying, this is – he gave me exactly what I wanted to see from him, so it's exciting. I'm not, like – predicting 17 and 0 just yet but maybe having a um, having a team that is going to try and build around the quarterback is a good idea in this it, day and it age is. in the nfl it is uh and it's exciting and yeah. bear season is right around the corner hockey season is almost here that means the nba is almost here baseball playoffs are right around the corner probably not for any chicago teams <laughs> or some teams <laughs> but for <laughs> other for almost like what do they got? Like eighteen teams in the MLB playoffs now. How many go? I believe goals? it's fourteen. Or fourteen. Do they that's knock too out many. The, I don't know. Way too many. Yeah. Anywho, I only have room for hockey. Exciting times. Hockey's almost here. Football's almost here. Baseball playoffs. NBA. And if you want to get decked out in your favorite officially merchandised team gear, go check out our friends over at Foco because they have got the best sports gear around. And it's not just apparel. They've got everything. From hoodies to signs, slippers, bobbleheads, every back to the bobbleheads. There you, you know, go. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Check out our buddies at Foco. You want to get decked out like your? You want to get decked out like Justin Fields? All bears head to toe. You want to get decked out? Hopefully, like Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli next year. Blackhawks head to toe. Head over to Foco F O C O dot com, and check them out. If you're watching on YouTube, again, smash that like button. But scroll down. There's a link to Foco right there in the description, so you can follow that link and hook yourself up with some great merchandise. Ahead of the fall. Beat the fall rush. Get your hoodies and jackets now yeah. before you, they're hard to find at your favorite store or website. Once again, that's FOCOFOCO.com. And as a special bonus for being a CHGO listener, use the promo code CHGO at checkout and you'll receive 10% off all non-sale items at checkout. Good stuff. Fall is definitely upon us. I went and got a coffee uh, before the show. No, I, I, I asked for a specific flavor, uh, brown sugar cream cold brew, and I was pushed the pumpkin, the pumpkin uh, cold brew, and I said, no, I am not, it's not September yet. Pumpkin <laughs> is not officially you got, you a got, flavor yet what? for this guy. You've got about 10 hours left yep. before you can do the pumpkin spice. Yes, at midnight I will have a bowl of pumpkin spice Cheerios <laughs> in my pumpkin spice <laughs> oat milk with my sweater and... I'm, I'm not anti-pumpkin spice. Yeah, I like what yeah. you like. I like it in train. small doses, in certain things. I love pumpkin pie. Sure. I don't mind a pumpkin spice coffee every once in a while, as I'm long as it's not overpowering. Person. 
I'm not a big co- flavored coffee guy, but I don't mind it if it's like a hint of. I don't want mm. it overpowering. Not a big want, pumpkin person. I'm, it's it's fine I when like I'm in carving the mood for it. I like carving a pumpkin, you know. Yeah, like, it's like we talked about yesterday. It's not it's it's not so much the actual product; it's the people that enjoy it that bother you. <laughs> <laughs> like pumpkin spice culture is annoying. Yeah, it whereas is. Whereas a pumpkin very, spice is actually pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, pumpkin spice is fine. I just it's one of those things where you're like, I don't want to admit that I'm having a pumpkin spice yeah. coffee because I don't want to get called basic by some yeah. 14 year old on Twitter. Exactly. I'm so more of a basic. scary spice guy. And I'm as myself. basic as they get. I'll be the first to admit it. I just don't want that to be out there. <laughs> All right, I'm we're gonna wrap things up. Reminder gosh. tomorrow, 1:30, the Athletics Corey Pronman talking all things prospects and potential draft prospects as well. Don't miss that show. And a little bit of breaking uh, baseball news here. Oh. According to Bob Nightingale, Tony LaRusso will be out indefinitely while undergoing uh, medical testing with his doctors in Arizona. Uh, the CHGO Sox podcast will be all over that tonight. Oh. They're on at 630 and also uh, for post games. So make sure you don't miss that show with that bit of news here. Uh, what else we got? Anything else? We need I, have to uh, I have a quick thought. Yeah. Lawrence has a quick thought. Uh, is it true there's cake here? I did see cake. There's a lot there of cake, cake over there. There's yeah. cake there's here. Cake. Yes. Should we talk about the cake? There's, there's cake. cake. Oh, look at that right the there. Nights. My, oh. uh, I'm, I'm wrapping up my weekly trivia nights this week, and this was from my uh, my regulars on my Tuesday night crew in Edison Park. Uh, my better half, Stacy, was was the operation manager of this project, but a very ah, nice, very nice gesture from my Tuesday night folks awesome. on my last trivia weekly trivia night there. So, yes, and you guys are going to reap because there is a ton of cake. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it's over that. there in the kitchen. Yeah. Grab some so I don't have to take the containers home. I've been stuck <laughs> at this desk for like three hours now. It's so going to be worth the wait. You can have there. like multiple pieces. There's a lot there. No, not that. that. Marble cake with <laughs> custard from the jewels. Yeah, oh, from the, the jewels? You know it's good, jewels. my friend. I was a little afraid because the last person that sent us food here might be trying to poison us now. So, uh, oh, <laughs> I was just gonna steering clear of any food I did not verify its origins. No, I had two pieces last <laughs> night and I'm still breathing. So, all right, good. It's, it's, all a, good. it's a sheet cake from the jewels, my friend. <laughs> How can you go wrong? Good. It tastes like bratwurst. Oh, I uh, also want to mention uh, if you missed it earlier this morning, Blackhawks released the information for the Tom Curvers yes. uh, rookie showcase, which will be happening here in town September 14th to the 18th. There are Three practices scheduled, two games scheduled. They will be the Blackhawks uh, rookies and prospects against the Minnesota Wild rookies and prospects. All of the festivities are open to the public and free. So uh, if you want to check out some of the future Blackhawks and some of the guys that we've been uh, fawning over over the last few weeks as we look to the future in Chicago, they will be here and they will be taking on the wild prospects and that'll lead right into training camp, which isn't official yet, but uh, as we said yesterday, will likely happen shortly after that uh, rookie showcase wraps up. It's all starting. Before we know it, it's going to be October. Yep. And, that and that summer that we thought was going to drag on sure came and went by How real fast. It? Yes, it did. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Tom God. Curver's uh, prospect showcase at the Fifth Third Arena, not the United Center. Yes. So don't show up. Uh, They're undoing the painting we did yesterday. <laughs> like, God, what did toddlers do this? Yikes. Uh, anyway, check out yesterday's show, by the way. We had a lot of fun talking about uh, a good time. some great sports experiences we've had uh, reflecting on our opportunity to paint the United Center Ice. So if you missed it, go watch it. If you didn't, join us tomorrow for Corey Pronman, 1.30 p.m., Prospects, Prospects, Prospects. It's going to be a good time. Thanks to Lawrence for spinning the dials. We're going to go get some cake. Thanks for listening and watching the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.